It's time to get away. And to help get you there, it's Travel Bags with Anita and Friends. From around the world to across Georgia, she covers it all. Here's the host of Travel Bags, Anita Thomas. Hello, 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 and welcome aboard Travel Bags with Anita and Friends. So glad you guys are joining us today. We have a fantastic show today because we're going to talk about travel, yes, but we're going to talk about a special destination that is very, very special to Doc Bill and I, and I know very special to other people who have traveled there, and that is Sapelo. But not only Sapelo, we're going to talk about really the Georgia coast. And we're going to talk about some of the crops and some of the uh, just plants and things, those historic plants that Doc Bill and his partner over at Georgia Coastal Gourmet Farms, Jerome Dixon, that they've been working on and really how culture and food and all of those things really play into making the destinations that we're interested in going to very interesting very historic and just bringing them to the forefront in different ways that we can experience them. So on today's show, I have Doc Bill in the studio. I can't believe it. I can look over and I can see Doc Bill because, you know, the last couple of times that he's been on the show, I've had to talk to him via telephone because he's always so busy down on the coast at the farm, but he's sitting here in the studio. So Doc Bill, welcome back to the studio. Well, it's good to be back here and it's good to talk about traveling and things related to food and what makes the food possible, the crops. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we could not have this conversation without your partner, Jerome Dixon. And Jerome is on the telephone because he is down on the coast of Georgia, which is where he lives. And he oversees the day-to-day operations of y'all's great farm and making sure that all these products are not just something that we think about or talk about or are in books, but that you're bringing them back to life. So, Jerome, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Anita. It's great to be here today. <laughs> well, absolutely. Really good to be to have you here as well. Now, I, really, this is the Jerome and Bill show, talking about the Purple Ribbon uh, sugar cane that you guys just harvest. So I'm going to really kind of throw over to Doc Bill because I want you guys to just share with the listeners really how this project got started. That's, uh, thank you very much. I'm going to just talk briefly about why Revive Southern Food. When people tried to cook some of the food from the old days, some of the plantation food, the food didn't taste too good. The reason being, the ingredients they wanted to use no longer existed. So to combat that problem, uh, Dr. David Shields and Glenn Roberts and some chefs like Lytton Hopkins and Sean Brock got together and said, let's make an effort to work with farmers and do some historical research and work with universities to try to bring back some of these lost crops. And lo and behold, when the uh, first major candidate, Carolina Gold Rice, came back, rice tasted different. And it brought back that whole culture of what they call the Carolina Rice Kitchen. And with that came new interest in growing and doing things. But what they were missing was a sweetener. And long time ago, the sweetener was whatever you could find. Um, It could be honey. Uh, But sugar was mostly imported. But around the um, early 1800s, Thomas Spaulding on Sapelo Island brought a particular type of cane from the Caribbean known as purple ribbon sugar cane. And this cane was different. This cane could actually grow very well in the summer and was able to survive in the ground the um, cold winters in the south. And they were able to secure enough cane in the early 1800s to actually turn it into sugar. And Sapelo itself became one of the major sugar producing areas in mainland United States. And that whole heritage of that area and that whole crop of Purple Ribbon were this great 
earthy, robust flavor as what we tried to bring back by doing this crop. And I couldn't have done this without the support of the people I talked about, but most importantly, I couldn't have done this without my um, partner, Jerome Dixon, on the farm, innovation, managing it, and bringing that um, crop forward. So, Jerome, could you tell me a little bit about the project, those involved, the people from Clemson University, and when this project began? This project began, uh, thanks, Dr. Bill, uh, it, it began in early, uh, late 2014. Um, David Shields actually found the, uh, the strand of uh, purple ribbon cane, and they actually bought it. He, he, it was kind of, it's kind of unique how he found it. He said he was typing on the Internet one day. He was on eBay, and he decided that he was going to just type in purple ribbon cane, and it was this guy in Mississippi that had just a very small amount of it. And they purchased every bit, and he didn't want his name to be shared. But they purchased all of it from him, and they brought it down to Clemson, and they grew it in the greenhouses for, you know, several months. And in early April 2014, it was moved to Townsend. That was the first day it was actually brought to its new home. Um, they had, with, with that purple ribbon cane, it had 14 different varieties. <clears throat> One of the varieties was mainly was the purple ribbon cane, and, like I said, 13 other varieties was brought along with it. And um, during that time, we planted it out. That was the very first year we actually got it into the ground because before then it was grown into the greenhouses. And we brought them here and we planted them out. We had four rows, and we divided all of the all of the varieties into the four rows. And mainly we had one row that was completely with just the Sapphire Island Purple Ribbon cane. And during that time, that cane was actually be able to stay in the ground, and it grew up enough to it got to the size about eight to ten feet tall and at that time it was time for it to be cut down and that was october the 31st somewhere along in there 2015 and we cut it down that was our first harvest we divided half to sapolo and we divided half here on uh on the mainland which is challenging now, if you guys are just joining us, excuse me, Jerome, if you guys are just joining us, I am talking with Jerome Dixon and Doc Beale, and they're talking about their project, the Purple Ribbon Sugarcane, and how they're bringing back this historic crop that was grown down on the Georgia coast, and in particular, Sapelo. They're working very closely with Sapelo Island. So, Jerome, continue to tell us a little bit about it, because I know you're, you're about to tell us about how you moved some of the sugarcane over to Sapelo. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I got tables. It was first grown in greenhouses because we didn't have but a small, Clemson didn't have but a small amount, amount of it. So we had to kind of propagate it and grow it out into greenhouses enough that we can actually be able to put it into the grounds for the first year. And after we got it growing up enough, and we, in 2015, we actually cut it down. That was our first harvest. And we, we, we divided half here. We left half here on, in Townsend, and then we shipped half to Sapelo, back to the home at which, which it was originally grown. And that was our main focus, to get it back to Sapphire. Um, now, now, just so people have a reference, where exactly is Townsend in relationship to the Georgia coast and to Sapphire? Townsend is maybe about, I would say, 15 minutes from the ferry dock. Um, it's, right, it's right on the coast. Um, it's not very far at all. It's, like I say, maybe 15 or 20 minutes from the ferry dock, and then you, you, you know, you're back to Townsend, in the Townsend area. And about about forty five minutes south of Savannah, right? Absolutely. So, Doc Bill, so when you guys moved everything over then to Sapelo, what were what were your intentions with doing that? 
intentions were two things. One, we wanted to split the crop. So in case something happened to the crop on Sapelo, the mainland had the crop as well. And if something happened to the crop on the mainland, Sapelo had the crop. It was something called crop security. And that was the main intention. Cornelia Bailey, who recently passed, uh, was one of the people strongly involved in the project and helping to push the project on Sapelo Island. So how did things go with, with moving things over? It went pretty well. We got it on Sapelo, and they decided to bank their cane to store it as opposed to planting it that year. And we continued with our um, technique of planting it that year. Um, one of the things when you uh, do sugar cane is that you have to make sure that you get it in the ground as soon as possible. The other thing you want to make sure when you do sugar cane is that you, you have the crop given everything it needs. So the crop on the mainland did okay. The crop on Sapelo had some problems with the banking, but there was still some sugar cane there. Wow, this is so fascinating because it's just, I can just imagine the excitement all around this yeah. crop and moving it over to Sapelo. Now, we have to take a break here, but when we come back, we're going to pick up exactly where we are right here because I know you guys are sitting on the edge of your seats. Want to hear more about this project. We'll take a break right here on Travel Bags with Anita and Friends. And today's show is brought to you by the Sapelo Island Beach Vacations. You can check that out at sapeloislandbeachvacations.com. We'll be back in a moment talking about Purple Ribbon Sugarcane here on Travel Bags with Anita and friends. Sister and I went down to the sugar cane. Sister and I in a Sunday clothes. Sister and I got a taste of sugar cane. When sister and I went down the sugar cane road. Sister and I went sneak through the sugar cane. Sugar cane. Sister and I licked the cane from the folds. Sugar cane. Sister and I kept a piece of sugar cane. 